Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Verbose Perspectives. I am James Hicks. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Robert Lee. But hey, forget about us. Hey, forget about us. It's the guy in the middle, right? That, that's who we're here to talk about. We're, you know, we're, we're cool, too, but we've got Mr. Paul Weber online with us, folks. Paul is a professional in the radio industry for almost 30 years. Doesn't look like it, right? He's, he's, I've got more salt in my beard than he has, but you know, he's, he's served <laughs> in various roles behind the microphone and sales and marketing, things of that nature. He's also worked as a business development manager in, in various service industries. Now he spends his time running Love Audio Production, creating marketing messages, video narration, and voiceover work. We're going to talk a little bit about all of those aspects, talk a little bit about the why of Paul and, and why of Love Audio Production. But first and foremost, Paul, welcome to the show. Great to have to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We have a slight audio delay. I guess it's because we're going East Coast U.S., West Coast U.S. to across the pond right now. So we we are truly multinational right now. But that, that's all good. So for both perspectives, it's, it's definitely growing from a geographic reach perspective. And I thought it was going for like the delay for that dramatic effect before he answered. <laughs> it's, it's the the awkward pause, right? It's the it's the awkward pause. Like that. It's interesting because you you asked me about um, you know why why love audio production and that that kind of came about purely by accident. Um, I I changed from um, the name of the company used to be Voice Box Creative, hmm. and. Hmm which was fine, and it kind of did what it said on the tin as a voiceover artist. You know, you have to come up with a word and a phrase that, that people relate to. And I was um, talking to, the, to my landlord at the place I was renting at the time, and, and he was a, a marketing executive, and I said to him, I'm thinking of changing the name, but I'm not quite sure which direction to go. He said, well, just think about what you, what you do. And, and, you know, what he, said, he said to me, he said, what is it you do? And I said, well audio production okay well there's there's a starting point he says um and and how do you feel about it so well i love it he said well there you are there's your name love audio and that's exactly how it started and 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 that was 25 years ago 25 years ago um because i was kind of running that in the background as well as doing the radio industry which is kind of similar and, and 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 both things gelled very well with the voiceovers and doing stuff for commercials and things like that. Um, and so that's how it began. And, um, yeah, most recently, after being made redundant last July, uh, I'm now running it full-time. So uh, doing voiceovers, narration, all that kind of stuff, yeah. I love that. I love it. I, I love the simplicity, right, too, of, of what you named your your company. It, it, what you do, what you love, and, and that's the name. And that's resonated, as you say, for, for these, these number of years. I'm gonna let Robert talk, but I, I, you know, I, I want to really dive into some of the 
components of what you do and again the why and the how that you do it obviously being an, an audio uh, aficionado i'm gonna use that word that's a that's a big word i, I don't know i don't normally use big words like that on this show but um you know, I, I want to talk about kind of behind the scenes of you getting that crystal clear audio, you getting the, yeah. you know, the resonance and the, in the, in the, in the roadcaster pro world, the, the, the deep bottom, right. Getting, getting that aspect out of, out of the messages that you, that you produce. And, and for folks that are now within the last 12, 14 months or so being locked down, now starting to look at live streaming and audio streaming types of capabilities and, and opportunities, how they can kind of level up their environment. Because I've always said, irregardless of anything else out there, the audio is probably the most important. Video can be crappy, but you got to sound right. So, Yeah, and, and um, it's one of the things that we were taught. Um, you know, I only started live streaming. I've got to be honest with you, James and Robert. I only started live streaming in... March, April of 2020. That's that's really the first time I started doing it. Um, and it was after taking part in a program called Live Streaming Pros, and they did a free 30-day um, trial of going live every day in April. There's another one coming up this year, and I'm going to partake in that as well because I found okay. it really useful. But going back to your, your question just now about you know delving a, a little bit deeper into, into the audio side of things and, and why... Um, you mentioned the Rodecaster Pro. I don't have any of that stuff. I've got a 32-channel digital mixing desk right in front of me underneath the camera here okay. um, made by PreSonus. And they also make the software that I use as a DAW. Now, DAW stands for Digital Audio Workstation, okay? Things like if you're an Apple user, you can use GarageBand. That's a very, uh, very good platform to, um, mm -hmm. to use as a DAW. Um, Adobe Premiere. Adobe, you know, Premiere Pro is, is another one that you can use. But I use PreSonus Studio One version 5, and it's the Pro version that I use of that particular software. And the two things okay. marry really well together. So I can control a lot of the aspects of my DAW on the screen from the desk. So I can move a fader on the desk, and it'll control the stuff in the DAW. Uh, once okay. I've got it in, in that particular mode, it's really good. Um, but that's my audio interface. That's that's where I plug everything in. So the microphone goes into that. My speakers are coming out the back of that. Um, my headphones, I'm listening to you guys, but I'm listening to the, the overall sound of the um, the desk as well. I've got a slight bit of compression on the microphone because you mentioned about how to, how to make that kind of bottom end sound good. Um, I've got some compression on there. The bottom end is rolled off, and that's a, a tip, a pro tip that I would uh, give you guys as well is that um, whenever you're recording or broadcasting or whatever it might be, just look at the bottom end and get a spectrum analyzer, a frequency analyzer on your software if you can, and it shows where those notes are coming from. And the bass notes that you create from your resonance, from your chest and from your diaphragm, mm -hmm. make a very, very loud sound as it regards the whole, the whole um, graphic equalizer, if you like. So the bottom end is what you want to kind of roll off a little bit. So it's not quite so bassy. People love that kind of radio sound and that radio voice. <laughs> so when you get closer, you, you really get that kind of deep, resonant sound. And that's great if you're doing a close-up voiceover piece. But if you're doing a piece to camera and you want that energy and you want, you want to be bright and sparkly, then roll off that bottom end because that's the thing that'll rumble. It'll give you rumble. It'll also make your speakers feedback. If you've got the speakers on, we shouldn't have anyway. You should have headphones in, but, you know. Um, and it's... 
it's it's a pro tip and it, it's um it, it helps you to create more headroom in your mix if you're mixing music that is mm. and, and audio generally if you roll off the bottom end of of, of your bass uh, notes that is yeah so whether it's guitar keyboards um uh, voice anything like that and you've got some bottom end rumble going on get it rolled off anything between or kind of 400 hertz downwards, you know, you don't need that stuff, so get rid of it. Well, hold exactly. on, let me grab a pen, because I'm, I'm taking notes down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robert, I'm going to defer to you now, because I'm, no I'm going to roll, I'm about to roll my bottom end down. All right. Um, and <laughs> like Paul well, that's an way to do. put it. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, don't, let, first of all, don't use that as the clip, right, for, like, Instagram, <laughs> the, the repurpose. James is rolling off his bottom end. Please don't do that. That would just not be a good look for me. Well, I was just going to go with like the the uh, behind the scenes shot we just did of the, of the three of us. So uh, I there wouldn't be any audio, so you're good there. But uh, but I mean the, the neat thing this year, James, is like the, Paul and I uh, first virtually met doing the the same workshop that he spoke of from last year. So uh, I mean for me, uh, it, it was just a matter of just uh, making sure that the audio works, which uh, I've I've had the pleasure to be able to ha- have uh, Paul's. Um, uh, guidance as to make sure that uh, I can get sound coming out when I'm doing the live streaming. So, uh, but but for for me, what I'm curious, Paul, is that since you know you have like a a, a great uh, body of work in the audio, that when did you when was the interest of to to do from an audio uh, platform to doing live streaming where it's you have to integrate the the video and because you you did provide us a, a great illustration of your audio setup that. I mean, did you find that uh, there was much work to be done, the transition from a pure audio production to now audio and video? Yeah, there was. It was It was a pretty steep learning curve because I'd never done live streaming before. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I j- didn't have a camera. I didn't have um, anything like that. I just had my phone. And, of course, that's what you're supposed to use when you first right. start. If you've got your phone, there's no excuse. Just go live, right? Mm-hmm. Um so it was about getting the audio right. I was only using OBS to start with, and, and um, OBS is notorious for, for throwing you a curveball when it comes to messing up your audio. So yeah. I had awful problems with that initially, um, you know, trying to get that balance of <clears throat> the, the sound that I was producing versus the sound that I wanted to come back to me from, let's say, a guest on, on, a, on, a, on an interview like this, for instance. And, and, you know, I could not figure it out for weeks and weeks. And it's only recently, by the way, that I've discovered a thing called Mix Minus. And you mm, think that mm-hmm. being in the industry, I'd know all about that. I mean, I'd heard about it, but I didn't know what it did until recently. So what I'm sending to you guys is Mix Minus. So I can hear what you guys are saying, but you guys can't hear yourself coming back. So therefore, that eliminates that audio feedback, if you will, that kind of you know, doubling up of, of your sound when you when you speak. So Mix Minus is a great uh, a great tool to use on any any mixing so mixing hardware that you've got. And Definitely. you know, small mixers have got that kind of thing. Um, audio interfaces have got it as well. I know the the Rodecaster Pro's probably got it as well, and things like that. So you can you can create fantastic audio and have audio coming back to you so you can hear your guest but they don't hear themselves as that doubling up that that kind of echo that you get. So that's that's a real that's a real pro tip that I've discovered as I say only recently managed to sort that out. I did a live stream and I reset the whole desk and it was chaos. <laughs> yeah. Just push the button to reset it like factory reset 
and and, yeah. and it, it lost all of my presets and I had to go through the whole thing again. Um, so that was frustrating. But, you know, we're back where we are and it, it works fine. So it's cool. Okay. Love it. I love it. Let me ask you a question real quick. And I just want to interject because I, when, when things pop into my head, I'll forget them if I don't say it. Um, my, my wife hates that. <laughs> Talking audio. And, and again, I, I guess I, I want to kind of put it in, in, in the terms of folks that are within the content creation field, you know, doing, doing what we do. Condenser versus mm-hmm. dynamic microphones, right? Uh, again, we, we, we talk because we're, we're, we're talking at, at kind of another level. You know, you, you've got the, the presonals that you're using. I've got the RCP and other folks. Not everyone has cloud lifters and, and roadcaster, pro, things like that. You know, some of those advanced technologies, they're going to uh, Micro Center and Best Buy, the, the main retail, Amazon, and finding condenser mics and dynamic mics at a, a reasonable price. Give, give us your talk, your thought, and your take on on those offerings and those products, and, and kind of some best tips for choosing those those, those items. Sure. Um, well, the one I'm using right now is a is a condenser mic. <clears throat> um, so this is um, this is powered by 48 volts, which comes directly off the mixing desk. Okay. So, so it needs the power. power. Needs phantom power. What's called phantom power? Yeah, and it's always forty-eight volts phantom power. Most um, audio interfaces and mixing desks have a forty-eight volt phantom power switch, and you've got to make sure that you only plug a condenser mic into those sockets. If you plug a dynamic mic into there, that you could cause damage beyond beyond recognition. So yeah, don't do that. Um, but as regards um, one versus the other, this will double up as a uh, a USB mic because I've got an adapter which I plug into the bottom of the USB socket at the bottom of the mic, nice. just underneath there. Okay, I've got an adapter that plugs into that, and then that plugs into the USB socket USB three on my PC. Okay, because I'm using a PC, um, so. For and against, I prefer the condenser side of things because it sounds better. Um, if you have a USB mic, there are, a, there are a number of them on the market, and I'm not au fait with all of the brands and the names, but I know that if you get one or two of them, they come with software anyway, which is great, because you need that level of control. If you're going to use a USB mic, you need that level of control in order to control the, the sound that you want to create. So this is quite yes. a... It's quite a beefy sound. It's quite a radio kind of sound, as you know. It would be, wouldn't it? Because I'm, you know, <laughs> from that background, so it would be. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so fours and against comp- uh, condenser mics is my favorite. However, if you need to, US- need to use a USB mic, try and get one that comes with a software package with it. So you've got some, some element of control over it in your, in your PC or your Mac. Yeah. That's a that's a really good point, right? Because again, someone will go and buy the thirty forty dollar microphone that they see, great brand, name recognition, whatever the case may be, it, it does the job. But if there's no means of adjusting noise gates, if there's no means of adjusting compression, if there's you know no way of actually shaping that sound, it's tough, right? And then you, you then you start having the conversation USB versus XLR types of connections. So. I guess I, I bring all that up while we have you as a subject matter expert on, on the on the line, just so folks take those things into consideration. A lot of times you get what you pay for. Yeah. Right. So Yeah. Consider uh, what you're trying you know, to do with the plat with the platforms. I'm sorry, go ahead. 
No, 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 you're absolutely right. And, and um, you, you know, you get what you pay for. You're exactly right. This was 129 UK pounds, so roughly, tr- roughly speaking, $150 perhaps. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, it came with a case. It came with a shock mount, which is this thing here. And it's got a series of um, elastic bands all the way around it on a zigzag form like that. And what that does is it's like a cradle. So it keeps the microphone away from the stand so you don't get that vibration. It's like a, it's what we call a shock mount. And you can see it's quite kind of springy and that's because these are quite taut these springs and um it it cradles the microphone away from the microphone stand which if i do that you're going to hear that the spring of the of the microphone stand right but it keeps it away from that so you don't get that sound even if you have to move this slightly you're not going to get that that sound too much you know so um that's always the thing to try and find sometimes they come with the shock mount but you can get fairly cheap shock mounts as well Uh, online that will go with your microphone Um, another tip as well is um, try and get a windshield this is a branded windshield with with the love audio brand on it yeah show that show that a little bit robert zoom in on the on the uh, wind on the love audio there i mean that's 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 (laughs) marketing all day (laughs) how's that (laughs) yeah nice i love it so you know, I, I bought two of those, one for the, for the mic. I, behind these shelves, I've got a voiceover booth, which is where I do the majority of my voiceovers. I don't use this microphone. This is just a desk mic for my live streaming. So my, my voiceover booth microphone is made by Marshall, the guys that make the guitar amps. Oh, okay. And that's been my go-to mic for over 25 years. It, it's a workhorse. It's used every single day with regards to scripts that I get from, from clients. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Marshall MXL 2001, I think, is the name of it. And, again, that's a condenser mic. uses 48 volts phantom power from a Behringer outboard gear um, preamp that I've got. A preamp is a preamplifier. Um, so it's a, a little bit technical, but what it does is it, it molds the sound for you. And I, I happen to love this particular one because it's a, it's a valve amp. It's in the old days, they used to use these mm. kind of valves that glowed in the dark, uh, they lit up and the more they lit up, the, the harder they were working, they get warm and it creates a very warm sound, you know, like that very warm kind of sound, very warm and love that. and love it you know, fuzzy, not fuzzy, not in a fuzzy in a bad way, but you know, warm and <laughs> Warm and cuddly sound <laughs> to your mic. That's, that's, that's old AM sound, radio but... right there, buddy. Yeah, that's yeah, old exactly. AM radio. AM radio, perfect, perfect <laughs> description. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm old. So yeah. the the outboard gear I've got, the Behringer um, valve amp, uh, not, not a valve amp, a valve preamp, makes that warm sound. So I use that in conjunction with the Marshall microphone in the booth to do ma- the majority of my voiceovers. Yeah. Awesome. Is this where you joke that this is a kind of an awkward pause right here? <laughs> no, we're let, we're waiting on you, sir. Oh, the, the, you you are the man behind the production booth right now. So that that was. <laughs> well, I mean, mine's a little bit different than from uh, the audio uh, caution of the, It's just more on the on the on the live streaming program because I know, like on your channel True. there, Paul, you're doing some doing some videos there. That's a lot more community engagement, and uh, I. I thought maybe like uh, you might want to talk about some of the uh, some of the channel. Uh, sorry, some of the videos you have, like the like the Love Audio Cafe. I like how you get involved with uh, with yes and mm. engagement right there. Mm. Okay, well, um, the Love Audio Cafe is um, 
If we're talking about live streaming, the Love Audio Cafe is like a, a, a subdivision, if you like, from the Love Audio production side of things. So I tend to use that as a platform for doing my podcast. And initially what I would do is do a, a vlog, if you like. So I'd get a guest on and we'd chat about whatever it is that we're, we're chatting about. And then I'd repurpose that for the podcast and, you know, chop out the video side of it and just have the audio uploaded as well, which is cool. And then I post that on my website. So um, I've only recently started that. I've got three up there so far. I've got one in production, which is the fourth one. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be about audio. Um, you know, I've had guests on there that do talk about audio, but, uh, you know, others that talk about their lifestyle and whatever they're doing at the time. So that's pretty cool. Um, as regards the other videos on my YouTube channel, which I'm growing as a, you know, we're growing it steadily and uh, organically, which is great. You know, there's no forced um, purchasing of, of followers and all that kind of stuff that you hear all, all sorts of stories about mm, these days. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to grow it organically, which is which is the best way to do it. And one of one of the biggest tips I can give is just show up regularly. So I show up every Monday night at 8 p.m. Good UK point. time. And we talk about audio production for beginners. And that's purely what the channel's really about. So it could be, you know, what does this fader do on the desk? Or what does this so-and-so do in the, in the DAW, the digital audio workstation? Or, you know, like, like James was alluding to earlier on, which is the best microphone for live streaming? Well, you know, either USB or, or XLR. This one happens to be XLR, but it doubles up as a USB mic if I get really stuck. So if the vMix software that I use to go live with let me down... Right, and I had to go live with a with a USB mic. That's perfect. I just plug that in, plug it into the USB socket, and we're ready to go. You know, you've got to be adaptable in these in these times because tech is sure as hell going to let you down, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, it, next to pre production, which I'm I'm a, a big avid advocate to let others know, is that it's always good to have a backup plan. So it's interesting how you mentioned that as yeah. as that's a backup for me. Like if this, because I, I have like a. Uh, a, sh- a sure mic that I use is USB, but if if this goes up, uh, I have like a, a backup mic I just have in case I need to like the, the pull out. And this is just a a Rode video mic that I can just plug into like the the one fourth or one eighth. So that uh, it's yeah. it's cool to to hear others that have like different type of contingency plan. And, and of course, I just sold James, my. What, what I had an use, I had an extra. Uh, what do you use as a microphone? Sorry, to so I've yeah, I've so gone James, I've gone all Rode microphone. Yeah, I've, I've gone okay. all Rode. So I've got the Rodecaster Pro as my interface, and I've got the Pod Mic. Uh, they they marry really well together, and I'm pulling or pushing the Pod Mic into a cloud lifter as well. So I'm I'm, I'm getting that additional resonance okay. from from that. Um, but uh, yeah, I just sold. I had an uh, MV7. I had a Shure MV7. I mean, yeah, Shure MV7. I, I just sold that. Oh. Uh, literally just just sold it two days ago. Uh, oh. Great microphone, yeah, obviously. But I said, you know what? I, I want to be brand consistent. I, I I don't know why. I have I have no stock <laughs> in road, but you know, it just it just works pretty good. Who who, who knows? I may get another one 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 day down the road. But yeah, that that's what I'm using. And, and then for video, <laughs> um, I'm using my Sony mirrorless with the uh, uh, 16 millimeter lens on it. So very nice, cool. I'm I'm a I'm a fan. What what I've become a fan of, to be honest with you, and and this is my latest obsession within the within the studio lighting. Oh my god, I I've I've spent more nickels and dimes <laughs> on on hue lights on 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 nano leaves. I don't have the nano leaf on right now, but okay. that's been my my whole thing lately. Just setting up that 
that I've got the Elgato key lights as well up, up in front doing, doing, doing the three point, but, um, that that's been my latest obsession. So I got the physical gear. Now it's all about bringing in a little, little ambiance. I, I, I don't know. I'm keeping the economy going, but in <laughs> any kind of way I can, yeah. I'm keeping the economy going for sure. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, since, um, since this all began, like, you know, 18 months ago and stuff like that, people have been reaching out to, to do more and more, live streaming, mm-hmm. recording live video, recording video, yep. putting it out there, reaching out to their clients. And, and, you know, James and Robert, you know, you'll have clients that you that you work with that are reaching out to you because you have knowledge of, of going live and you're able to set them up with, with a production that they didn't right. have before, you know. And, and right. a lot of people are trying to do it on their own as well and they're buying stuff online. And, you know, no doubt the, the electronics uh, industry has gone sales have gone through the roof yeah. because of the pandemic and everything else and because yeah. everybody wants everything and, and loads of stuff ran out didn't it you know uh, a few months back i was hearing stories about stuff you know like the stream deck and stuff like that from elgato this yeah. one here uh, i happen to have the 15 button one right. and um yeah, that controls my show on a monday night but uh, I've, I've heard that you know a lot of those are out of stock and um microphones and and you know usb mixers and mm. all that kind of tech gear that people want to go live with was was just being depleted and and no stocks and right no doubt the manufacturers are going ah, quick we better start you know making some more stuff because we're gonna sell out so you know fair play to the industry but um you know hopefully everybody got what they needed to get exactly or at the very least with that much time passed that there's a lot more options uh, folks to either up their live streaming game or for those that just yeah. enter that there's more choices so it's it's a pretty interesting time uh and it just really yeah. boils down to just uh in terms of just finding the right setup for what uh what type of production or what type of uh content you're putting out there yeah you know my my ask of, of folks and my challenge also you know is folks who have started maybe during during this lockdown and pandemic time is that mm-hmm. they don't stop now Right now that the world is getting close to probably opening up within the next eight, 10 months or whatever the case may be, and we can start going back. Don't stop doing this. If you started this as a passion, if you start, if you started this as a hobby, if you started this as an entrepreneur venture, really don't stop because this marketing, look, again, here we are. We've, we've got Boston. We've, we've got California. We've got, we've got the UK online right now. We, again, we are multinational in terms of the reach right now, having this type of a conversation. And we probably wouldn't have had this, right. If we didn't just no. stop, right. right? <laughs> if the world hadn't stopped. Yeah. It was definitely bad for, for everything that happened, but if the world hadn't stopped, we wouldn't have probably had this opportunity to really reach out and start building these communities the way that we are. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's my challenge to, you know, I got one finger pointing out and three fingers pointing back at me to, to, to everyone that's involved, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think that um, for me personally, the live streaming thing since April of last year has been therapy for me. I think if I hadn't mm. have had that to, to fall back on, I'd have mm. gone completely stir crazy and yeah, would not be in a good place right now. So for me personally, I enjoy going live every Monday night at 8 p.m. UK time. But, you know, for some that aren't even started yet, they are absolutely petrified to press that go live button. And, you know, there's, there's no reason why they should be. And if, if I could give one just solid tip there, really, is you have an audience already, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or whatever it might be, 
and you just need to say to them, look, and, and do a teaser like, like Robert does for the shows and stuff like that. Just say, look, I'm thinking of going live on this date at this time. I'd like you to join me. I don't know what the hell we're going to be talking about, but I'd just like you to join me. And just <laughs> use it, it as a practice, you know? Use it, use it as a practice. And, and once you do more of that, then you're going to get good at it as a matter of course because you're going, to, you're going to watch yourself back. And that's the worst thing for some people is that they hate watching themselves back. But I thoroughly recommend that you do because then you can, you can pick out bits that you think you can do better next time and you can improve. So every time you're a step closer to getting it improved, getting it better. And you'll, you'll become better each time. And, you know, make sure that people are aware of when you go live. And try and stick to that regime. If, if you're going to go live every, Tuesday, every third Tuesday in the month at half four, make sure you go live every third Tuesday of the month at half four. You know, don't, don't let them down. But signpost it well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it tees up the, the fact that once you get beyond the nerves of getting in front of the camera is just the how well you can present the content, the engage the viewers... Mm-hmm. And hold their attention, and that's. I think as it's as things evolve from last year, where you have challenges of identifying the gear to the get the gear to okay, what do I do in front of it? I think now it's like it's almost now people are starting to realize, well, okay, I've I've got everything. Uh, how, how can I get people's attention? And and I think that it's probably going that's probably that next step is like how people can refine their message or how they can present it so that they're able to jockey position and getting the all so elusive uh attention of the audience there so um yeah i i yeah. mean it's it's definitely gonna be an interesting time now that it's almost like graduating from knowing that there's live streaming there and now getting from the camera to like how do i get their attention you know what what kind yeah. of what can i do i like that like that and, and you know james and robert you know you know very well that you've got to bring that energy because uh, the camera sucks the life out of you so you know you've got to be positive on camera you've got to be alive you've got to be awake you know you might not want to be depending on what time of day it is wherever you are in the world but you might not want to be but you know you've, you've got to bring your a game because people aren't going to watch a dull either live stream or a, or a Amen, video back, you know? They want that Amen, they want that energy. So you know, you've got to be you've got to be on top form when you when you press the button to go live. And and some people that takes a while to get used to. And for me it's easy because I've been behind the microphone for 30 years. It, it's not a problem. But for the camera, you know, I was I was petrified at first to go live in front of the camera, you know? And I kept looking over here and looking over there. I wasn't looking down the lens. I still do it now, but um <laughs> less less and less so. Um, which is cause I'm trying to look directly at the lens, you know, but that's yeah. really odd because, you know, I want to be looking at you guys and you're, you're to my right on a different screen. But if I keep right. looking at you, it looks like I'm looking somewhere else and not interested. So I've, I've got to look down the lens. And for, you know, for a lot of people, that's, that's one of the key things to that. One of the fears, if you like to get over, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, for me, it's a matter of like, uh, minimize the moments of, uh, getting that deer crossed in the, oh see i gotta be careful with my analogies but the, it's the idea of like the deer being crossed in the headlights whatever you call it uh Pretty close. When, okay close enough i'll give myself yeah. a b minus <laughs> it's a matter of just knowing as to you know if things go wrong which things will happen with the with live streaming gear and stuff that uh, just like well, okay it happens and just move on so uh i i think that it's just yeah. it's just a matter of just uh 
maturing the mindset in terms of how you tackle things is is the one thing that leaps out to your to your question there paul how about you james yeah well i you know i spend the majority of my day anyway kind of on stage or in front of cameras, right? As, as right. a technology consultant, it, so mm. this is kind of what I do, and I, I have the yeah. joke with my my wife and, and and a lot of my colleagues. I'm I'm on stage doing the jazz hands, right? So I can be very animated about things that I'm passionate about. So when I'm talking enterprise technology, or if I'm talking uh, content creation, things like that, I'll I'll, I'll start sitting up a little, little bit more, and and as you see me getting animated, th- those kinds of things, right? So, but yeah. I think it can be taught. I don't think it it, it, it hasn't to be an innate feature or, or an innate ability of folks. I think again, if if you're looking to change and pivot, you know, from like from a entrepreneur term to use, if you're looking at, at pivoting in terms of what you're doing, those types of reactions can be can be can be learned, right? So again, if you're coming from maybe doing podcasts back in the day where it was just audio and you were sitting in your sweats and a, and a hoodie and a hat on all the time and you didn't have to worry about what you look like, that's different. But but again, it's branching out and pivoting and doing something different with, with, with video, I think, uh, repetition, just like Paul was saying, continuing to do it. Yep. The hardest thing literally is press and record. That's the hardest thing for folks to do to actually start on the venture. That's, Everyone has a story. Everyone has the content to tell and, yeah. and is willing to tell it. We, we do it. We've done it before just on regular phone calls or text messages or whatever the case may be. But right. if you get yourself comfortable at looking at the camera, looking at, like Paul says, looking at the lens, I, I, I keep looking down because literally I got one screen open here and I'm looking at Paul's setup off of his Facebook page. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to figure which one of these new toys do I want to buy as well to put in my environment. So I, I should focus on, on what we're doing here. <laughs> But long story short, that's the idea. But again, just just be comfortable with the message, yeah. especially if it's something you know, because you you already are a subject matter expert in the message. Just bring folks on that compliment you, and that that's that's very easy to do, as opposed to having a difficult time going out and try to find folks that don't resonate with what you know, and trying to find right kind of. Uh, topic and subject matters outside of out of your scope find folks that resonate with you here we are talking live streaming video streaming um, marketing production things like that yep we're just having a ca- com- mm. uh, casual conversation about things that we all like so that there we go yeah that's my that, that's my take got it back to my coffee back to my coffee <laughs> and back you, to looking at paul's studio point. oh thank you. well this is just part of it so yeah but this you know you made you raised a valid point in that um and I, I found this initially. Um, I was I was fearful of not being qualified enough to be mm. able to give people my advice. Right. So it, they call mm. it imposter syndrome. And I'd never heard of that until six months ago. Right. And I was told very clearly by a number of people that, that were members of the same streaming uh, organization that we belong to. And they said, um, You've got 35 years in radio. Why? Why are you not qualified to talk about audio? You know, you use it. Yeah. You use it every day. Why? Why? Why do you think you're not qualified enough to talk about it? And and you know, it was a wake up call because the thing is, I might not be as qualified as the next man. However, my audience hasn't heard it from my perspective, and that's where I'm coming from. So they Great don't. Point. They haven't heard my take Great on it. Point. They haven't heard yeah. my spin on it. Right. They haven't seen my setup, for instance, and, and I might do it completely differently from the guy next door in the next door video that, you know, is an expert and has been doing it for 25 years. So from that point of view, that's that's an important thing to take away is that imposter syndrome exists 
but try and get over it. That your audience hasn't heard it from your point of view. So you are qualified to tell people about your story. And, and that, that's a real powerful thing. And I, as I say, I learned that six months ago and I've never looked back. So in other words, no excuses. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I can relate. It's just uh, it's it's a little bit hard. Well, I think for me, it's just it's it's just a matter of a little bit surreal when I first heard about imposter syndrome. But uh, I, I guess you know it, it's just the idea of like having that right mindset, and you know through the repetition that uh, you build that confidence and and having that voice as to whether sharing your your knowledge or sharing your uh, experience with others. So, um, or in other words, yep, I agree. So there's your there's your your long answer short. Oh my god! You know, well, I, I don't know what we're going to do with him. I I don't know what we're going to do with him. You know, can, can, maybe we, maybe we will do some post production and and edit out that last thirty seconds of the conversation. No. I thought you were going to say like forty five seconds, but either way goes. <laughs> or, or last forty five minutes. It's no. Fine. <laughs> no. Paul, I want to ask you one question, and it's and it's kind of back to your training, your your traditional training from from radio, right? I guess. What changes have you seen in in the industry over those over the past three decades? Right. So, so now that you're you've branched out and you become 100 percent entrepreneur, you're doing your own thing with Love Audio Production. What 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 kind of things have you seen change over the industry uh, in terms of technology that's being used? I know you're saying you're still using the same Marshall uh, microphone, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, I, I love that aspect. But again, just, just in terms of the delivery of the message. Yeah, thank, thanks for that question. It's really, really interesting you bring it up. I mean, radio's changed an awful lot. And I'll, I'll, I'll do it from the analogy of the British um, market, if I, if I may, right. because I know that the American yeah. market is, is far bigger and, and uh, maybe going in the same direction, I don't know, but certainly from the, Eng- the UK point of view. Radio has changed. When I first joined a radio station back in 1989, that was my first ever radio station. It was called Orchard FM, and um, it was a small market station in Somerset, which is the next county along, and um, I was in on the ground level. It, they hadn't even launched, and I was mm. doing a hospital radio program from a very wet porter cabin on the grounds of the hospital uh, in that yeah. town and did a program every week and it, the, the porter cabin leaked every time it rained and oh. we had literally that wide, you know, very narrow kind of uh, long room, if you like, w- with the equipment in it and the door was literally this thin so you could hear everything going on in the library where, where we used to pull out the vinyl and stuff. And it was vinyl back in the days. We didn't have CDs until late, late 89, early 1990. So CDs weren't even there, right? So right. We, were, we were literally, for my show, particularly at the hospital radio station, I would go in an hour before and I would pick out, pick out the, the vinyl from the library and we had stacks of it. Um, and no. we would go around the wards as well prior to, to doing the show to get requests from people that were listening on these tiny little headsets. Um, you know, like a mono headset plugged into a socket on the wall. That's all they had. And so putting a show together based on their requests and your idea of the show was how I started. So when I when I when the station started to set up, and I heard about it. They said, OK, well, if you want to work for us, you need to submit a tape. And I said to them, well, everybody else is going to be doing that, right? <laughs> and they said, yeah, pretty much. 
And I said, well, I'll tell you what, here's the thing. Why don't you guys come down to the porter cabin on a Monday night, listen to my show for 30 minutes or so, and then make your mind up. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. And so they listened to my hospital radio show, and two weeks later I got a letter saying, you've got the job, welcome aboard. So it was worth it. Uh, but back in the day, when, when they first launched, um, the, the mixing desk was an analog desk. It was not digital, of course, back in the day. We had two mm -hmm. turntables. The turntables weren't even on fader start, so when you push the fader up, they wouldn't start. You'd have to reach around <laughs> whilst talking and, on and the you, mic. Yeah, you had to turn it, right? Yeah, press the button to start the thing, right? <laughs> because, you know, we, we just didn't have the tech set up at the time. And, and and then we had CD players, and there was these really long, big CD players that were auto, would automatically queue up the track that you wanted. But, and again, it comes down it comes down to the tech not working, right? So you put the CD in, and then instead of the, putting up a fader on the desk and making it start straight away, you'd have to still talk to the audience, reach round, and press a button oh, on the CD stuff. player yeah. to make it work, right? So... All of that kind of stuff, even from day one, and I was absolutely bricking myself, to be fair, on the first day. I was yeah. petrified. I did the first proper, you know, they, they did all the preamble. We had somebody flying in, uh, people from, uh, from you know, via helicopter, landing in the, the grounds of the radio station in the tennis courts. Right. Um, we had, uh, you know, bringing in guests and stuff like that. We had royalty come to open it, which was great. Uh, Princess Anne opened the station. Uh, back in 1990, but uh, on the on the opening day itself, we had dignitaries from all over the county coming in, doing interviews and stuff like that. The main presenters were hosting it, so they were they and I was just doing tech in the background and stuff like that. And um, when it came to 2 p.m. that day, I was I was on air, and they, I said, "What kind of show do you want me to do?" He said, "Well, everybody's panicking and everybody's really hyped. They, they, you want to do a nice, calm, cool." four-hour show, two till six in the afternoon on the launch day. Yeah. And I was petrified. Absolutely petrified. You know, I'd, I'd done it at the hospital radio station. I'd done a show for two years there, not a problem. But doing it in front of 45,000 people across a county, right, <laughs> for the first time ever, and uh, yeah, I was absolutely petrified. But I did it. I got over it. My main show was what we call the, the graveyard shift. So it was 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. But the beauty about that is back in the day, and this is going back to your, your, your original question, James, and I will get there, uh, your original question about how things have changed. Back in the day, I was able to choose the music for my own show. That's mm. how things have changed. Very soon after that, like a couple of, a couple of years later, everything was automated. So the, the music was not chosen by the jocks. It was chosen by management mm -hmm. according to the style of music that they, wanna, they want the show to do, right? So... From then, from like 91, 92 onwards, it was all computerized and we had a printout of the stuff. We'd still get the stuff out of the library, but we'd have it printed out. It wasn't on computer right. in those days. When I left there in 94, 95 and then worked for a station near Bristol, which is one of the big cities nearby, um, then that was, all, that was all automated and that was on the computer screen and did breakfast shows and stuff thereafter. And then you move on to the... The late 90s, early 2000s, everything's on computer. You just press a button on the screen, on the touch screen, and it would start the, uh, it would start the jingles. Playing all your favorite hits. Have a great night, DJ Paul Weber. 
that kind of stuff. Dude, wait a minute. Um, Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, also, man. Don't, don't, don't just gloss over that. Hold <laughs> on. <one second. laughs> Folks, let's, okay, let's, let's get focused here right now. Let's get focused. Uh, okay. Do that one more time for me, please. Okay. Uh, this is on the stream deck, by the way. It's not on a touch screen, but yeah. Gotcha. Playing all your favorite hits. Have a great night, DJ Paul Weber. Dude. Don't ever lose he's, that. He's loving that. I but love that. that. I'm I sorry. use that Go for ahead. my because I'm, I'm a mobile DJ, but I haven't mobile DJed since February of last year because of the lockdown and stuff, right? So I, I DJ for weddings. So that particular jingle was was relevant to my my um my DJ work in the evenings. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, and that that jingle was produced by Jam Creative Productions in Dallas, Texas. Wowzers! I'm write that down too. I'm write that. I, I know Robert's trying to trying to trying to get me to be quiet because I, I guess there's a see. Here, this is a, a vmix thing. There's a limitation on us here, so he, he's trying to cut us off. But I'm I'm writing this down too. The jam production. The the what was jam it? The, the big bottom stuff. J A M. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't let me get a Hicks new media. Red. Mary Lynn. Yeah. Uh, don't let me get a, a Hicks new media, media uh, radio jingle done. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing the gears churning and the light bulb just went over James' head right. when he heard that. Like, oh! I'm looking I meant, for my wallet right yeah, now, you know. I'm I looking meant. for the credit card right now. <laughs> well, let me, let, me t- let me tell you a story about that, James. Um, I was at the studio when that was recorded. They had yeah. seven singers in the studio. And I was behind the mixing console, a 48-channel digital mixing desk. I was in the studio behind the producer when they recorded it. I'd already sent them the lyrics the, the, the previous yeah. day. And they said, well, why don't you come down and take a look at the studios? At the same time, we will record your jingle. We have a session going on. That's We're going to cool. record your jingle cool. at the same time. And my God, that was the best moment of my life. Oh, that's so cool. Very cool. We, 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 so we, we need to have you back on the show to talk a little bit more about that because I, I, I love the history piece, right? And, and, there, and there's, so, there's so much resonance there that, that we need to dive into, again, talking about where you were, where you are and then kind of where, where we're going. Yeah. I, I really love that uh, for folks to understand the history pieces of that, but uh, uh, this was a great show. This was a great conversation. What do you think, Robert? Ah, it's always two a thumbs up or one and a half thumbs up. Just, oh, I, I give it to you. There we go. I, I'm so trying to get used to being in this little, little box here, but no, I mean, it's always a pleasure to be able to pick Paul's brain and just to hear where it's all at. As they say, I don't know if they say it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, bef- before we wrap up, like James says, were there any final thoughts or like uh, how how can best uh, pe- people best uh, reach you or uh, find you uh, on the on the interwebs, as they say? Yeah, thank you very much. My my website is um, you'll find at I don't know if you can see that properly or not, but it's um oh, oh, it's a bit uh, it's a bit off the screen, but it's Love Audio. .co.uk. You can't quite see that. There you go. That's better. They'll see it. So, yeah, loveaudio.co.uk is the website. You'll also find my podcast on there, um, and you'll also find a contact page. You can just drop me a message anytime, day or night, uh, via the website. So, um, yeah, happy to uh, to answer any questions that anybody might have, you know. So um, I hope that helps. And um, if they need to know anything, if you guys need to know anything, just drop me a line. I'm happy to answer any questions at any time, like I say. Sorry. And seeing that this is uh, being pre-recorded for folks that are watching this, they can always uh, leave a question in the comments, and we'll be sure to pass it on to Paul, so that way he can get back to you with his thoughts or uh, feedback or, or answers to your questions. So, awesome, 
Awesome. Paul, I just want to say thank you, man. Uh, great conversation. I'm, I'm glad we finally got a chance to have uh, have you on the show and, and, and pick your brain a little bit. I'm I'm looking forward. I've already subscribed to I was already a subscriber to your channel, but now I'm going to actually make sure I check out all the other uh, creations that you're putting out there as well. Good stuff. Well, thank you, James. Thank you, Robert, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Our pleasure. Thanks, Paul. And... In the recording. <laughs>